Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 103 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. What do you do when you don't do what you want to do? We're going to talk about how to start anything in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Armin is shaking his head. I still can't believe we're in the hundreds. That's just nuts to me. You know, I've run across a few people this week that have said, oh, you're, you're kind of up to episode 102 or 3 now, aren't you? I'm like... Yeah, how did you yeah, actually? How did you know? It's insane. Yes, we are. So, yes. <laughs> and welcome to episode 103. I'm Larry Gates along with Armin Asadi. And we are your podcast hosts here for the podcast for What's Next in Life. We want to explore new ways with you to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you are made to pursue. And this is the Reinventure Me podcast. Armin, I'm, I'm actually excited coming into today's show. Tell me why. Well, you know, think about it. The last few episodes have been kind of harder episodes you know uh, oh. last week was on self-talk and kind of all the yeah. gunk that's inside of there and then we had a great guest h norman right on for talking about grieving and then before that we we're talking about wounds and yeah and now this title of the show we get to talk about some fun stuff yeah it's getting stuff beat. started you yeah know? it's that, like the grieving one got me down just because it was such a real deal oh, yeah. you know but yeah it's good to get on an upbeat topic a little bit more lighthearted. yeah let's get this party started that's, that's right <laughs> the funny thing is the inspirational quote we have is not exactly inspirational but we'll we'll tell you why we find it inspirational in a second should we play some start it up yeah do it <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you beatbox the sound for that that's not all right let's do an inspire me <laughs> all right so it's uh by don shula and he simply says the start is what stops most people. Mm-hmm. So pretty simple. The start is what stops most people. Yeah. And that's what we want to talk about here because I think for many of us, that's true. Yeah. The idea of starting something, especially when our plates are really, really full, is a hard thing. Right. We, we don't want right. to start it. So here's the question, Armin. And this has been something that has plagued me. I usually don't have a problem with starting things, but then I find that... I do actually have a problem with starting some of the things that I really want to start. And I've got all kinds of challenges here that is going to come out of this show. (laughs) But I consider myself a starter. I love doing stuff at the front end. That's just a blast for me. For me, a lot of the fun is seeing something come to life that hasn't been there before. Yeah. I really don't like following other people's blueprints. Mm. Actually, there's a shadow side of that. I mean, the creative side is that you're always trying to come up with a the new thing, or at least pull it out of yourself. The shadow yeah. side, of course, of that, or the downstroke of that is, is that a lot of people have done a lot of great work and I might refuse to build on it just because I like to see that come to life on my own. But here's a question. And this is, I think the epicenter of this show is what do you do when you don't do what you want to do? 
Hmm. And, you know, back in earlier episodes, we've talked about procrastination and keeping us oh, from yeah. doing stuff, right? And if you haven't listened to our episode 70 on that, you might find some value in that because that was how to beat procrastination. We share some ideas there, but we're going to talk about something a little bit different today because I kind yeah. of think about procrastination is, you know, of course it can hit you around some of the stuff that you want to do, but I often think about, I generally procrastinate on stuff that I don't really want to do. You're right. <laughs> I don't remember if we talked about this in that episode, but I remember you know, a big thing for me is procrastinating on doing all my bank account reconciliation taxes. stuff and taxes. Uh, you know, usually which is what we have to do now. And right? Yeah, we're to. coming up on that. Right? So, actually, I'm ahead of the game on that one. I'm already, <sighs> I'm already all ready to go for that. What which does is that like feel like? A first, you, oh, just like is great. That, is that just like you make know, you feel amazing? It. it I makes, don't know what that's like. It only makes me feel amazing when I talk to other people who are not there because oh. otherwise i don't feel it at all but then when somebody you know like yourself is saying uh you know i'm feeling like all this and I, then i feel amazing because <laughs> yeah. i like oh good i don't I really have it. to do that i so, hate it yeah. it just ruined my night thinking about it way to go <laughs> sorry so i'm having fun and, 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 and we're Everyone's back up. depressed okay so we're gonna, our next show is going to be another downer show we're going to talk about taxes <laughs> and how to beat the depression around this Marmine, <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to have you go back and listen to the grieving episode <laughs> i think we got some of that for when you, i write right? a check yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're at this point where now it's not just pure procrastination where you're procrastinating something you don't want to do like taxes but you're really not starting something that you know you want to do sure yeah. an idea and that's what we want to try to tackle here because that's some of the richest stuff that's some of the best stuff and just recently i mean i i launched uh, my weekly inspirational email for my strategic CEO platform. Okay. And it's called strategic latte. Yeah. The idea is you get a strategic question presented once a week to help you think about your business and how you want to grow it. It's a very simple concept and something I've been wanting to launch. Now I've had this idea to launch this for the past six months. Yeah. Maybe longer. I don't remember. <laughs> and every month I'm like, I'm going to launch my strategic email this month. And then the month would go by and I'm like, I'm going to add that to this is going to happen this month. And I'd add it. And I'm like, what is the problem? So finally this last month I sat down and I actually got it done. Now it didn't take that long, but it was amazing once I did it, how much, like you said, you feel better after you're done it you know like after you're done your taxes yeah. you're like oh good now i got all that yeah. stress of carrying it the metaphor i have is that i was carrying a p on the end of a string you know mm. it's not a very big thing but it's a p on the end of the string and when you carry it for a long long time that p bounces on the ground and it starts to accumulate a bunch of hairballs right and so pretty soon it's this big old heavy thing that you're carrying this small idea that left undone yeah. created a big weight. Sure, yeah. And it didn't take me a lot to get it done. Yeah. But it just was one of those things that I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it. So what's going on inside of me? You probably wanted the perfect launch, the perfect title, the perfect headline, the perfect content. All of that. <laughs> All of that. And the problem is, is that when you find yourself resisting the very idea that you want to implement. Yeah. It starts to make you question about what's wrong with you fundamentally inside. You know, yeah, am I a, totally broken? Yeah, it's a weird twist that yeah, you take right. from procrastinating to do something. 
that and it becomes like an identity crisis. Well, it's, so much, it's so much easier, isn't it, too? It's so much easier to procrastinate and justify your procrastination on stuff that you don't like doing. Yeah. yeah I mean, we all put yeah, out stuff. We, yeah. Everybody will... No one will fault you for procrastinating on taxes. No, right? right? Yeah. I mean, like, why would Except you? My CPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you're paying in for. Right. <laughs> but you know, you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you give up and you procrastinate on the very thing that you know you want to do, yeah. now you're getting into this like Luke Skywalker walking into the <laughs> cave, you know, and confronting himself, you know, the dark sure. side. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now we, I just realized we've made this episode back to one of those. Other ones we just got out of. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's <laughs> bound right. to happen. It's hey, we got we got to dive deep on this <laughs> stuff anyway. So here's a question: What are some of the things that keep us from starting? Yeah. Well, I mean, I already told perfectionism. Yeah. Thing. Well, that's, that's that's kind of my go-to. Yeah, and it was certainly mine for this as well because I had this idea about what this thing would look like inside. Yeah. And I find that that's true with anything, with my writing, with whatever. I have this idea of a perfect ideal. And I remember when I was a kid, and you probably have had this experience too, when I was a kid in art class, I had this this idea of, uh, you know, the teacher had said, draw a tree. And I had this idea in my mind about what the tree would look like. Sure. And it's a beautiful tree. <laughs> but it doesn't look anything like that when it goes through my head, down through my arm and my fingers and through the pencil and the paper. Sure. I'm like, yeah. what's wrong with me? <laughs> I cannot, I cannot. I cannot create in reality what I can visualize in my totally. head. And so that is true for a lot of us, I think. And one of the reasons we don't actually end up doing what we want to do is because it's easier to nurse an idea in our head and form this perfect image of it. And then somehow we know that that perfect image is not going to be realized in perfection when we start it. Yeah. And we don't want to face the disappointment of that. Yeah. You know, it's somehow easier for me to imagine this tree in my head than to see it on paper and be disappointed that I was the one that produced something that didn't look the way I conceived it to be in my head. Right. And that's the reality of how things come out. They don't come out quite the way we may envision them. They yeah. usually come out something much less, um, but it's so much easier than to just keep it in our head. And then, you know, what happens is after a while, somebody else comes up with the idea. <laughs> And you go, and you, and you, you hate, stole my idea. Exactly, it's you, mine. You, you hate on them for a while, yeah. right? How dare you execute exactly. my idea? Exactly. So you stole it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. The other thing too that's kept me from starting new ideas, even though I'm I'm a starter, I like to start a lot. But I find that this is kind of one of those insidious things that hits me is that. I have guilt about all the ideas that have not yet been finished. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's impossible not to because at some point you feel like anything else that you're adding is you're you're dismissing something to start something, right? So you're saying I'm I I'm, I have to mourn a loss, yeah, to birth a new kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, and sometimes it's kind of hard to want to let something go. Because you, you don't want to have that loss. Well, how many with. unfinished projects do you have around the house? You know, yeah. and then you start on another one, and then Absolutely. and then never never gets across the line either. Right. You know, because yeah, yeah. You lose the energy for it after you get a certain. You, it becomes functional, but it's not. It's not pretty. Yeah. It's not finished. Functional, yeah, but, but not finished. Yeah, but but the issue is we're digging deep into my psyche here now, <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants to go into this dark abyss. But when I see how many things I've started and never finished. 
I eventually look at the next thing to start as another thing to fail at. Right. That's like, right. It goes back to our self talk episode that we just yep, did. Yep. That does. It. I go right there. Yep. Me too. Why, well, why? Why are you even trying? Right. You, you're just going to do the same thing you did last time. You're going to yep. start the stupid thing. Yep. You're going to waste your freaking time, and you're not going to do anything with it. And it's yep. just going to sit there, and then you, yeah, uh, you got distracted from your priority, and you're right. just going to be an idiot. And, right. oh, 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 oh. and yep, yep. And it's <laughs> it's back to that. It's back to what we talked about that Absolutely. episode. It's all self punishment, you know. Oh god. And I love that Bob Newhart skit. We got to put that in the show notes. We should. Stop it, right? Yeah. Stop it. Don't do that to yourself. I charge you five dollars for the first five minutes and then it's free afterwards. <laughs> that sounds great. So that's a thing that happens to me all the time, whereas I will find that I may not want to start something because yeah. I've got so many other things yeah. that I've started and haven't quite finished yet. And what ends up happening uh, when you think about it is that what we're doing basically is holding an idea hostage because we haven't finished other stuff. Now I'm not advocating we don't finish ideas. Yeah. But I am advocating that you find a way not to punish yourself in all the self-talk that you just yeah. described as well as not holding your your next idea it might be a, a better idea than the one you've been working on. It mm-hmm. could be worth trading up for. Yeah. And if you feel like you can't stop because maybe somebody is going to think you never were able to finish anything, or perhaps you beat yourself up over your own self image about whether you can finish something. You may never actually even trade up to a better idea that'd be worth finishing. Yeah. I think the other thing I realized about the unfinished work side of things is that a lot of times I look at the destination, right? Like me completing this project is the destination where I realize more often than not, a lot of things that I start it's a discovery process. I don't necessarily even need to finish the project. It's me going on a discovery journey, trying to figure out, is this something I like? Is there something about this that gets me excited? And I learned so much from just the process itself. And even if I don't finish it, it speaks to something that I will eventually want to do. And I will use that information and that experience to enlighten my future in some way. Exactly. And I started a business called Software Minds, which was a publishing company on best practice benchmarks for software companies. Sure. And you could say I didn't finish that business because we launched it, we got some revenue from it, but we shut it down after a couple of years. I felt like that wasn't what I was supposed to do. And it was one of those that I started in exuberance and just went with it. And I was, I was thinking about that. You know, you could say, well, is that a failure? Because we have such a culture that reinforces this perseverance with the idea that you've got to finish everything until it kills you as opposed to saying no you know there are some things where you just finishing is just at the beginning Hmm. in other words you're going to get something from it Mm -hmm. and for me it was an understanding of what i didn't want to do absolutely yeah that's what i get out of it most of the time yeah i actually don't want to do this right but the other thing that i found is in some of the stuff that i do want to do some of the skills that i picked up in doing that business readily transfer right now i would not have known that because it's been separated by five years before i would need to pick those up yeah but that may be encouragement to you if you're thinking about all the things that you haven't quite finished and you need to move on from it maybe you've picked up what you need to pick up yeah and maybe it isn't yet to be used well you can't see an immediate way to use it but maybe that has to come after you've started a few more things yeah i think the the process in itself, even if the project doesn't finish, it's still worth it. But neither here nor there. 
I like the metaphor that Barbara Scherer talks about a bumblebee landing on a bunch of flowers. And she says, you know, the bumblebee isn't flittering from flower to flower. It stays on the flower for as long as it needs to get what it's there for, which is the nectar. Hmm. And for us, when we find ourselves wanting to move from one task to another, perhaps one idea to another without seemingly finishing it, maybe for us, what we got from it is finished. Even though the project isn't, we got our nectar. Yeah. So the key is you won't really know what it is that you are gifted to give to a project unless you've done a number of them. Right. And then you can say, oh, I really start to lose energy at this point, and maybe that's when I start to transition it to somebody else. Yeah. Or maybe that's when I just say, I'm going to do this. I'm The contract for how I redefine what the finish line is is when I reach that point. Hmm. So that you don't enter into this internal punishment because it isn't somehow finished right well i just didn't picture myself whipping myself well, yeah, in the exactly. back with the belt every exactly. time you say that yeah and that was our <laughs> earlier episode wasn't it the third thing that i find that keeps me from starting the things that i want to do is just plain too much to do already yeah, especially when people like us when we have our hands and feet dipped into so many Different have, little we, things going yeah, on. We have multiple interests, <laughs> multiple streams of revenue, yeah. and we like to keep it that way. Thank you very much. Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is really the classic urgent versus important dilemma, you know, mm-hmm. where there are so many urgencies about life that you sometimes don't get to the important. The important here could be the idea that you want to give birth to, right? And if you've got a creative spirit, which I'm guessing that most of the people listening to our podcast are 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 that. I would like to yeah. think our audiences are those who, who are the vivid thinkers and they they think about how they want to to live their life. That's really what this podcast is about. You'll always have too much to do. Right. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. So you live in America. <laughs> yeah. And and the funny thing is though, we complain about it. We complain right. about it like it's a problem. Yeah. Yet it's a problem that we invite. Why? Not because we want to invite a problem, but because we want to keep creativity and vitality mentally and right. physically, perhaps even alive. Yeah. And that's part of good, healthy living. Absolutely. And so when we do that, it is kind of like disk space on your computer. I mean, I, Ooh, I don't know about you, but nerding I, out, Larry. I am You're nerding I, I'm, out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my nerd <laughs> example here. So it doesn't matter how big your disk drive is on your computer, right? You're going to use up all the disk space. And why is that? Because it's easier to add files to it than it is to organize and delete and take things off of it, right? Right. That is reprioritization. That's the thing that says, I'm going to decide that some things are not going to creep in and invade this space. Mm. So it's kind of like, I'm geeking out now really by saying, (laughs) it's kind of like partitioning your drive now. This part of my drive here is safe (laughs) for this stuff, right? Right. Right. So- the question is, in the idea that you want to pursue, what are we willing to guard and protect? And if we think about it this way, what if one of our family members only had so much time to live, right? Oh, gosh. All of a sudden, all that urgent stuff that we've got to get done, uh, you're not even thinking about that anymore, right. right? You're carving out time for what's important, right. right? So if we think about an idea that we want to start in that same way, think about that idea as maybe only having a short life. Mm how could we rearrange our schedule? Hmm. How could we protect our time? How could we carve out some time for that to take place so that sure. we say, that's what's important. We're gonna, I'm going to pursue that because it's an important idea. Yeah. I like that just because it almost helps you realign the types of experiences you want to have in life, 
rather than constantly worrying about the urgency of tasks and projects that come and go on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I like that a lot. It's uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. So, so those are maybe three reasons why I don't start new ideas and I have to be careful that those don't keep my idea factory from flowing because it's easy when you succumb to those ideas or those things. I can never get the perfect <laughs> right. out there. Or I can, I I feel guilty about leaving so much unfinished or, or I have too much to do. And what ends up happening is if you keep bombarding yourself with all those reasons not to do something, Mm -hmm. eventually you stop being creative at all. Yeah. And and I don't think any of us want that. Yeah. I like to keep the idea factory flowing. So even if we do though, how do we work the one that we want to? Yeah. So I guess that's what the whole podcast is about is. So what are ways to get started when you don't start? Or when you're not used to getting started. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of this is very simple, but I think even some of, in some of the simple formulations, it's the hardest thing to implement, right? Mm-hmm. The first is just to pick it. You know, And some of us have so many ideas. I've got a list of ideas that can wait. And I categorize yeah. them that way. And we have so many ideas that it's hard to choose which one to do because mm-hmm. they all seem like they might be fun or they all might have some kind of value to them. And we might have a whole bunch. Yeah. And so part of the resistance could just be feeling overwhelmed with where do you start? Yeah. Which one do I pick? Right. And so if that's the case, you've got too many. First of all, I want to say congratulations. Yeah. You know, celebrate that because you're alive and you're well and you're you're creative and that's part of the gifting you've got and and your you got a creative, your juices are flowing instead of seeing that as a problem mm-hmm. or seeing all the stuff that you've got to do as a problem, celebrate it. Yeah. You're as, an ideator. As soon as you change your perspective about what you have and the work that's in front of you, even the stuff that you've got to do, as soon as you change your perspective from a, seeing it as a burden yeah. into seeing it as an opportunity, I mm-hmm. think it really does make a difference in how you approach it. But if you can't decide. Suppose you got a couple you can't decide between. Here's a strategy. Flip a coin. Yep. Now, it isn't that it's so much heads is this one, tails is the other one. Yeah. But when you finally see that it's heads or tails, how did you feel about the outcome? Did, right. you, did you wish it were the other one? And if you do, that gives you kind of a sense. You know, sometimes just the coin in midair, you find yourself secretly hoping it will be one or the other. Yeah, That's just your, do that one. That, do that one. <laughs> you know? I love that. That's a smart idea. You don't need to care about what the coin toss is. Sure. Find out how you're emotionally reacting and how you're betting on the outcome. Right. That will help you choose a winner there, at least one that you might have more energy for. I like that. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's so weird how often, and it, I, I'm, I know I'm not alone. I'm around a lot of idea people, but... It's their belief system basically creates the idea whether their ideation process is a curse or a blessing. And if you deem it a curse, every new idea becomes this burdensome thing where you're just like, oh, not another one that's going to haunt me at nights. And you're just like, it's all good. Just pick one. Well, it is, it's, a form, <laughs> it's a form of poverty thinking. Yeah. You know, when we think about too much to do, we're thinking about the limits of our time. Mm-hmm. When we think about all the things we get to do, we think about the opportunities that we get to invest right. in, which is just a whole different outlook. Right. Well, the second thing, after you've picked one, which could be daunting, that could be a hard thing, I, I would say write it down and incubate on it. Mm-hmm. All right? Because here's the challenge I get into. Two things. One is I don't write it down. And so it remains a little bit fuzzy. 
Writing things down creates clarity, but it also activates parts of your brain that allow you to remember it and allow you to process it differently just by handwriting. Mm. And when you do that, it reinforces the importance of it and it helps you build clarity around what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. But secondly, the, the, the second part of this is to let it sit there a while mm. because where I've gotten into most trouble, Armin, is I like to keep the popcorn factory going with ideas, right? And yeah. I can, when I journal in the morning, there are times when I'll have 10 or 15 ideas. I just keep on a scratch pad next to me that Crazy. just come out. And if I sat and turned around after I finished my journaling and started implementing all those, I wouldn't get anything else done. <laughs> sure. And the other part of it is, is that I would end up then with half-baked stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the idea that you write down needs time for your brain to think on it a while yeah. before you act on it. Mm-hmm. And that allows you just to incubate it and then to find out if you still have the same energy to pursue the idea several days later, maybe even a week later, Yeah, then it's worth pursuing. But if you write it down in your exuberance and you go, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to really pursue it. And you give yourself to it. You might waste a lot of time on something that doesn't have long-term energy. Right. So write it down, let it sit and, and let the energy for it speak to itself in terms of its value later on. Yeah. One of the things I used to do and I stopped doing it cause I got so upset with losing the journal, and then the notes on my phone. But for a long time, I used to write down in the most simple way. I'm not journaling or anything like that. I would get an idea. I would write that idea and I would write the date and time I got it. And if I had to, like a one sentence thing explaining it so I could understand what my idea was. And I would just, that's all I would do. So it it would take me one minute, 90 seconds at most, right, to do this. And I would just keep an ongoing list of all my ideas. And I would try to categorize them if I could. What was fun about it is I would go back and it's just fun to look back at your ideas because some of them are really stupid and yeah. you just laugh at yourself. Oh, yeah. Some of them are brilliant because you you look back at the date and you're like, oh, 2010. Well, I, just, I came out in 2011. Ah, I could have been rich. Like You just have so many yeah, experiences. I did for Facebook in 1998. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really cool. The only reason I stopped doing it is because I kept losing these journals. So I was just... Didn't want to mourn the loss of all my ideas again. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I like to fun. keep. I like to keep a list. The good ideas that can wait, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that are. I think they're. The, I think they're good, and I'm just going to let them sit. They're in my incubation center, and and that's it. Uh, second, after so after you've written it down, post it. Put it somewhere where you can see it see and it. be reminded of it. You have mm-hmm. to have a visual reminder of the thing you're pursuing, or you're not likely to go back to it. Yeah. Because we have so many things confronting us. At least I do. I know you do too, Armin, that, that during the day, all these things that are demanding our attention, emails even that come in, and to have something that's that's there as a visual reminder that that's what you want to make time for yeah. is really important. I just get a piece of three by five cardstock and I fold it in half and I make a little tent on it and I stick it on huh. my desk. I write write down what it is and I put it on my desk and it's just there. Hmm. Uh, however it works for you, but just have something that can be visual for you. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's funny how great an idea feels depending on the emotions that you're having in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. You have an I you you get this idea and based on the emotions that you have, it maybe you might feel good, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Right. And so you think the idea is amazing. And then the next time it you look... It is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and for, then, for then. For then. <laughs> but then you have a different... You're in a emotion, different emotional state the next day and you look at the idea and you think, 
was I thinking? It was a right? pile of parrot drawings. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then the next day you'll be in a different emotional state, and then you look at it, and it's weird how the idea that you have kind of morphs with each type of emotional state that you're in. Yep. So it's it's good to let it just sit there, and you kind of process it through different emotional lenses and rational lenses or whatever it is, because then you kind of see the idea of how excited you really are about that idea, and how how holistically excited you are about that idea. Yeah. So that's a great idea. I like that. Yeah. So next, next thing I think to do there is to calendar it or another way of saying is to build structures to support getting it done, Mm. finding the time that you're most likely to engage. For me, that's meant restructuring my mornings so that my morning is working on those ideas and that's when I build that in. So that's the habit that I form. I move my meetings and appointments as much as I can to the afternoons so that my morning time is my freshest time and I can devote that to it. So blocking that off on your calendar, committing that time, we need to build structure around the areas where we're at least disciplined. Yeah. And sometimes it just is as simple as putting a calendar and then keeping that commitment to yourself to work on it. Hmm. I like that. I know. Funny, funny tip I got from, I, I don't remember which CEO it was. I don't remember, but it was at the national prayer breakfast in Washington, DC, some big hotshot CEO that I just got some time with. And he asked me some questions that made me feel stupid because of my answers. The idea that he killed in my head is if you have to-do lists, you have a get-nothing-done list. That's all a to-do list is. He says, if you actually want to get something done, schedule it. So he said, instead of making a to-do list, every item that you have to do, you schedule it into your calendar. So, hey, you have to respond to emails, schedule that in your calendar. Hey, you have to do this little project that takes a half an hour, schedule it in your calendar. Because if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. He says, to-do lists are worthless. So if you can schedule it and structure it into your time, it'll get done. But if it's an idea, a project that if you find time for it that you'll do, it's a, it's something that's just never going to get done. And that was his way, um, paraphrasing. Yeah. But I, yeah, well, I thought it was right on. It's back to that. If it's important, it should be able to occupy a time slot on your calendar, right. just as you would have a date with your wife whenever, you know, that's important. You got to do that. Yeah. You know, you're going to block off that time and nobody's going to interrupt it. And that's what we need to do with an idea that we want to do. So last step, and we got to get to this quickly because we're running out of time, is to work it. And you want to practice good time management strategies. If you want three ideas to get more done in the time that you allocate to an idea. Listen to episode 20. We talked about three strategies to supercharge your productivity. But we did talk to some of our listeners, and they sounded off on some ideas as well and how they work an idea. Yeah. What did Wendy have to say? So Wendy Corey, she said, break it down to bite-sized pieces, which is great because then you can organize and structure it. We had Tracy Henkel mentioned that volunteering was a great thing. So she said, I need a better prayer life. So I volunteered on the prayer team at my church. Yeah. Um, I wanted to re-enter into the workforce. So I volunteered to work as an editor and taught myself all the latest software, so on and so forth. Will Wanhala, Rachel Block mentioned looking for mentors or people who are experts. Bridget Kirkpatrick and Katie Ward and... They were, I think, kind of joking, but I thought it was great because I, I asked this on our Facebook page and they said eavesdropping on this thread. But I thought that was a great idea because what they're doing is just entering into the conversation, listening to other people talk about how to get started. Yeah. Right. Bill Svoboda, he just basically said, 
change it up, change scenery and change the way that you're doing it. So if you're used to constantly writing it pen and paper, change the way that you're writing it. Go type it or speak it into your phone or whatever. Change the environment that you're in. Just change something so that you revitalize the way that you're doing it. Sam Awad, he basically said, don't overthink it. Just do it. Yep, get so, on with it. Yep, don't yeah. don't create the idealistic plan. Just yeah. just do it, and you'll find out yeah, if now, something you like or not. Now I know Sam wouldn't even be at this far in the episode because he'd get to well, what do we need to do with our idea? Okay, I, I got it. That's exactly I'm go what he do. Did. It. <laughs> and he would listen to it at two x speed. I'm not well, kidding. Well, yeah, or three. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a challenge me for this episode. Guess what it is? Pick it, write it, incubate it. Get started on your idea. Yeah. It's not that hard to write down an idea. It's, <laughs> this is a very simple challenge. Right. Just, I could even do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Way to be Nike. There, there, there. I'm going <laughs> to sell that slogan to Nike. Right? All right. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We're thanking you for being with us in this episode of Reinventure Me. Leave us a comment on our show line at 612-314-5447 or visit our show notes at reinventure.me slash 103, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.